Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home getting the checks from the government, okay? And this fair share is a bullshit concept. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people, and, you know, I think it's inappropriate. We all got to work together and pull together. If you are going to try to destroy a company by shorting 140% of its stock, you have to accept the fact that individual investors are playing the same game that you're playing and now you're losing. New York Attorney General Tish James says the state health department may have undercounted nursing home deaths by as much as 50%. James has been investigating nursing homes handling of the pandemic since last March and just released this initial report. Now the investigation here also reveals nursing homes lack of compliance with infection control protocols and it put residents, they say, at increased risk of harm. Will that be in the uh, paperback edition of the book? Well, I Andrew hope there's an update. Cuomo. I'm going to enjoy this. No surprise, he was always a corrupt thug. And Andrew Cuomo's administration has been cooking the books as far as it goes, uh, as far as nursing home deaths are concerned. Could be twice as many as we thought before. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And it could not happen to a better guy. What an absolute <laughs> thug. A, a, and and uh, just so... I just think about all the wine moms who spent all of March and April... You mean the Cuomo uh, sexuals? Lovingly, lovingly watching Cuomo with their You're coffee every the, morning. The Cuomo sexuals, yes. People who love Andrew <laughs> just, Cuomo. Who speculated about whether or not he had nipple rings because this was really important to their lives. Remember his brother on CNN with the big cotton swabs mm -hmm. and the, the bits they do? Man, what a time, what a time. I believe hubris is one of the things that um, comes to mind. Never get cocky with COVID. Truer words were never spoken. I'll take credit for that quote. Oh, Never get cocky with COVID. Vile, P.O.S. 
How wonderful. How wonderful. I think your voice on saying that the vaccines are safe uh, would be important. I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to uh, to, you know, put us together. Incompetence like to utter incompetence. Day, uh, De Niro is, um, and Pacino. You can be with- Fauci and Cuomo doing their um, Sammy and Dino act or their their uh, Frank and Dino act in front of the world. Which whenever, whichever you want, you can be the De Niro or Pacino. <laughs> Fauci and Cuomo, I'll give you a friend. Who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want I to be? I love them both. <laughs> I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. Don't expect a dead wood piece of plywood bureaucrat to be able to play along with your dumb antics. I think you're... Uh, so, healthy holiday, and I'm going to have a great one. Santa's going to be very good to me, I can tell. I worked hard this year. Social distance, wear a mask. Be smart. Be, Be smart. smart, exactly. Like Andrew Cuomo was, especially if you ask Anthony Fauci. We have a problem. We need to admit it and own it. But we've got to do the things that are very clear that we need to do to turn this around. Remembering we can do it. We know that when you do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. New York got hit worse than any place in the world and they did it correctly they did it correctly and oh. unless you were over 65 in which case um they goosed the coffin industry uh correctly and that's what happened andrew cuomo oh what a joke. we are back with governor andrew cuomo author of the book american crisis sunny Governor, I, I want to say this book is uh, absolutely fantastic. I think it's uh, just a, a guide to how to deal with, with, with this pandemic. But, but let me ask you this. Um, there has been uh, a lot of confusion about an alleged March 25th order that uh, directed nursing homes to accept in New York infected COVID patients, possibly leading to the death of more than 6,000 seniors. Now, you say in your book that that was a lie, that New York State never demanded or directed that any nursing home accept a COVID-positive patient. Um, That's in the freaking book he said that. <laughs> That's a, remarkable, the rewrite, this freaking fraud and hopefully Where's convict. Where's Daniel Dale when you need him? This is remarkable what this guy did. The Department of Justice, however, is now supposedly looking into this issue. Yeah. Can you explain what really happened yeah what a shock that the department of injustice uh sends a letter a few days before an election trying to advance a political theory uh while this is happening while this is happening uh the cadavers are being moved out of nursing homes in bulks and misrepresented I seriously hope Janice Dean runs for governor of New York. I, I don't want her. Doesn't. She doesn't have the chops to be a, a politician. And that's not, you don't run in one vendetta. What's it, a vendetta race? This a-hole needs to be arrested. <laughs> in char- I'm not kidding. I I'm know, kidding. but I mean, like, it's not going to happen. They have a, the people like Cuomo get to do this stuff. That's how well, this it's not going to happen because uh, I... Cuomo I don't know what his opportunity up. is, but the chance most likely he's going to put a hit out on the attorney general. 
and uh, not a real mafia hit, but a political hit out right. on her. Right, Because but, he'll play dirty, because he's a thug. He is, is a sinister criminal-level thug. He's going to keep getting awards and book deals and getting invited to stuff and being famous and all He'll the get awards stuff. if Fox News is running against him, but he can get hit from the left on some of this. The left has old people that died as well in that state. I think that this guy... And there's a reason why Joe Biden didn't bring him into the administration when everybody thought, wow, he's definitely going to. This guy is going to take a ride, a one-way trip politically um, in the backseat of the car and is not returning. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Administration was capable of such a thing. Uh, Sonny, they have played politics uh, on this from day one, right? Uh, They have done a terrible job on COVID from day one. And they want a counter defense. And what they were saying was, uh, well, a lot of people died in nursing homes in Democratic states. It's not just New York. It's all the Democratic states. And the truth is, a lot of people did die in nursing homes in Democratic states. The truth is, people are dying today in nursing homes in Republican states. Since the Democratic states had how uh, uh, the, the disease worse and earlier. Uh, and older people are more vulnerable to COVID, right? We were introduced to COVID in the Especially state of Washington. Especially if you put them in, in amongst COVID. Uh, if you look at how many people died in New York uh, nursing homes, New York is number 46. According to the books, it's 46. That's right. because the people who were on death's door, who were then taken out for last rites mm-hmm. and brought to another yeah. facility were counted as not yeah. having died in nursing homes. Yeah, if you took That's your... why he's complicit. That's why this guy is going to be sent up. Yeah. I think he is. If you took your last breath on the stretcher in the ambulance on the way out of the nursing home, then you don't count as having died in a nursing home. That's how they had better nursing home deaths. And I always knew that this was a little off because New Jersey had like I forget exactly what the number was, but it was like something like 11, 12% of their nursing home population died during that initial spike. And there was no way that they were having numbers like that and New York wasn't. So so why were the old people taken out of the nursing homes? Well, they were put in when they had the COVID and then right. when they but were why about Why were they to taken die, out to die? Um, So that it didn't look like everybody was dying in nursing homes. Now that's very sinister if that's true. Yeah, that well, would they, be a sinister that's move. What the, that's what the AG is saying in New York, though. The Democrat, by the way, AG. So this isn't some political move. This is, you know, them saying we need to correct the count and make it accurate. Well, if they're saying but, they did it to f- cook the books, then that has got to be a criminal offense. It's well, that's why the AG is talking about it. Obviously, an investigation by New York State AG has concluded that Andrew Cuomo's administration undercounted coronavirus-related deaths at nursing homes by as much as fifty percent. Count of deaths in the state's nursing homes has been a source of controversy for Cuomo and state health department officials who've been sensitive to any suggestion that decisions made at the outset of the pandemic may have caused some of those deaths, which the state puts at more than 8,700. They've also been accused of obscuring a more accurate estimate of nursing home deaths because the state's count only included the number of deaths at the facilities rather than accounting for the residents who died at a hospital after being transferred there. It's a 76-page report. I hope it's a 76-page indictment. So... Here's the thing, though, is that, you know, this is this is going to come back on Cuomo, as it should. And, um, you know, it reflects on all of this stuff, on the handling of the pandemic and everything. But really, to me, the story is, B- 
because there was a whole bunch more stuff in this report, too, about how people who ran these nursing homes and worked at the nursing homes mishandled the procedures, didn't have PPE, were not, you know, following the basic, basic protocols to isolate people who are ill and things like that. If you love someone, do not let them go to one of those places. Well, a lot of people have no choice. I but- mean, I know people have no choice, but like this is a, a a toxic evil system we have set up. It's terrible. Certainly in a pandemic. I mean, there are some I mean, are better than others. It matters. It matters. There used to be one in Winchester that I would I would go into to use the payphone. Mm-hmm. And there were simply zombies scattered throughout the lobby. They were old people who were in wheelchair who were These places uh, who were are just evil. messes and, the and they would go they would there. go to the lobby because it had the widest windows and like bugs to the light they were attracted to the outside so they asked to be wheeled there or the the staff knew if they wheeled them there that they wouldn't complain and these people were not okay not okay and not treated with I mean we've been to, we had a daycare it happens in daycares too where they were letting kids rub snot all over each other one time with one of our kids and it was freaking disgusting I'm like although those are those are usually Teenagers who run the place, yeah, it's not. But the, it's but maybe the, the old days when everybody used to take grandma in. Maybe that's something to think about again. Yeah, I mean, I really think people should think about taking in um, older family members and having multi generational homes because, um, I mean, look, I know there are minuses, but I know families. Not like- your parents, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, not my parents necessarily. <laughs> not both of my parents anyway. Yes. You know what? Instead, we just, how about this? We rolled the, we flipped a coin and we decided that whoever won the coin toss, their parents got to live with us when they're old and I won the coin toss. And your parents are both already dead. Correct. So uh, them's the breaks. I'm not laughing at your parents being dead. I'm laughing so at the at The listeners team. heard you laugh, <laughs> Listeners heard you laugh. I'm laughing at my parents uh, <laughs> being in a nursing home. <laughs> okay. This, this got dark. All right. So. <laughs> so um, no, but if you love someone, don't send them to a nursing home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would that's say why I, I had the you know, caveat, honey. That's a long story. On the on the subject of my parents dead, I would also say if you love somebody, don't necessarily send them to a big hospital that's got all sorts of awards. <sighs> and uh, I would also say, uh, th- but I don't want to get derailed. There's a lot of Dr. Fauci's in some of those places. There's a lot of them, absolutely. <laughs> and they are their self-esteems are intact. See, who needs therapy? We can just get this stuff out right on the podcast. Yes, honey. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <sighs> All right, so Cuomo's a POS. Um, Cuomo's a POS. Nursing homes are terrible. Um, that's my takeaways from New York. So I was on WTIC this week uh, for three days, 1080 News Talk in mm-hmm. Hartford. And I want to talk about my experience, Hells. Okay. Um, there are, one, I am so, the news department is really good. It's the news department. Generally, you know, I'm always checking, checking Twitter. I'm always ch- waiting for. I, I get notifications when stuff happens. You send me stuff, so that usually we don't miss much when it breaks right. immediately. This news department, I was impressed with because they were right there. There's there are news departments that have uh, have atrophied and they just have guys rip and read uh, wire stories and throw stuff together and they could give a damn. And the news is a day late or a couple hours late. The news department there was was absolutely on it to the point where they were giving me topic ideas by by me just listening to the news. That's just a radio thing, just for you to know. Because I mean, the days of 
big news talk stations, those are just about over. And this is one of the stations that still does it. I'm not trying to, to kiss up to them. I was just impressed. As somebody listening with headphones during the breaks. Um, also, uh, it was uh, very fun. It's very interesting. The only... It's very interesting. Um, when you when you talk about... When you're covering a coverage area that's got, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people listening at any time. Maybe tens of thousands, maybe more. Who doesn't matter? But there's a lot of people. A lot. A lot of people listening. Maybe even as many as this podcast. Maybe maybe approaching. I don't think it's many. But, <laughs> but it, it's it's very interesting. So you have callers that just call because they hear the number. They're going to call no matter what. <laughs> then you have callers who call. And when you get into a subject... They call because they're really good at that subject. So you have to have your stuff together. And I, you know, a couple of times I was like, especially, like, so for instance, one of the, the things I'm, the things I'm not strong at is exactly how teachers unions work and how in the end that mixed with the teachers unions hard line and why they don't want to go back to school with COVID mm-hmm. mixed with actual teachers who really have concerns in like like kids but have concerns so i'm trying to be intellectually honest and not condemn all of teachers i can condemn the teachers unions but the teachers unions can make a valid point if teachers are concerned and there are some teachers who love kids who are concerned Mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact i happened to while i was condemning teachers a teacher called from connecticut who caught covid who's a long hauler with COVID. I believe we know a teacher. Yes, we do. But, uh, that, and I talked, told her about this. And she caught it, she's sure, uh, from a student. Mm-hmm. And she's not feeling good right now. And so, you know, I, it's easy to say, get the hell back in the class, classroom. And I believe generally people should get back in the classroom because the kids are also suffering and really they're dying too. And so, but it's a little more difficult when you have somebody on the phone who's making a a civil argument right and it's simply in in so that doesn't happen much mm-hmm. you know here we don't really speak to people although we should probably start taking calls True. but so in so that's you know where it's tough is you know having to I mean, I'm not going to be so lazy in what I know about the thing, about the issue, as to not go in prepared. Mm-hmm. At the same time, <clears throat> somebody's telling me something that I don't want to, for the sake of being stalwart in my Tom Limbaugh views, stand behind, just <laughs> blow her up off the air or say whatever. Right. But, and also, she may be bringing something of value. Of course. I mean, and... I think that that's something that's lost in sort of the place where we are as a country where it's like everybody thrives from having like the best Twitter dunks and blocking all the responses that they don't like to hear and whatever. And, you know, people can disagree for totally intellectually honest reasons and personal reasons. Right. And 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 we have to be able to talk about that and wrestle with it we have to be able to say there are teachers that don't feel comfortable going back to work you know and to that i say well <laughs> you know there are garbage men going to work and grocery store workers going to work and all kinds of people showing up at work are you less important than they are um and 
you know, and and then you have things like the Chicago Teachers Union saying that they're going to cancel remote school on a strike because the school district wants them to go back in person and they don't want to. Um, You know, but at the same time, of course, you do have teachers who are concerned, who are put at risk by going back into school and having a classroom full of kids who, in the best case, are germ factories who bring all kinds of diseases. And you and I know this because we live with them. But, um, you know, I think that I think that we need to be fair to the concerns of teachers, just like we need to be fair to the concerns of people who work in all kinds of industries who are put at risk by having to show up at work every day, right? Um, and we have to be able to have principles and be able to still listen to people and have thoughtful disagreements. And I think that what's happening right now, like, I don't want to be in a bubble. So, like, I do talk to people all the time who are on all sides of things, but it's so true. You know, like, we have a show, and we talk, and we have our points of view, and we're parents, and we're frustrated by the fact that, you know, we pay for a school system that essentially isn't offering school right now, as many parents are in this country. And, and you know, we're, we're on that side of that issue, but we don't necessarily, like, have people on to tell you the other side. And I think a lot of people want to listen to shows all the time that only confirm their side mm-hmm. of the story and only are telling them what they want to hear. And people don't necessarily want to hear from other people. So I, I, I want to solicit emails and, um, and um, direct DMs to, from people. Who have and I know you're doing stuff. You got a life to live. You you might be exercising right now or just doing stuff in the kitchen. I, whenever I listen to podcasts, I'm always doing something else. Generally, I'm not just sitting there catatonically <laughs> listening. Or maybe at night you do. I do at night, I guess. But if you're not, if you have something to add or something uh, or a disagreement, do let us know. And it's at Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. Alice, is that right? At Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. Is he naked? What's the problem? Okay, not as much bad as it could be. The two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old just came in. He's been removing all his clothing. Oh, so I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, you probably didn't need to hear that. Um, uh, so so anyway, yes, please do, and email us at burnbarrelpod at gmail. I don't even know what it is. I have my own uh, domain name somewhere. Uh, anyway, Alice will give us, tell us how to do all this stuff. And, or on Facebook, too, and I'll try to remember to do it. But... And if you think you let us know if you think that you'd like to call sometime, or I guess that's how we do it, then we could throw it out there and you could call. But I would like to hear more opinions and more thoughts. Although some of you have been great at sending messages and emails and all that stuff, and I, I know, believe me, yes, I know that you're busy and it's tough to do it. But um, I would like to know. I would like to know more things. I don't want us to be. I don't want to be solidifying a um, a position or even a, a yes. I guess a, a position on a subject where there are concerns and factors that I haven't factored in to it, and and you know I don't want to cook a cake with uh, you know uh, rotten ingredients. In other words, Jesus, I am. Sucking with metaphors. I think I said it adequately when I said it before. But um, so that is it. And so anyway, that was one of the things about doing talk radio that I kind of dug. Although you could do that in Discord too. I liked that um, 
that you had to be ready because these are, you know, I, I talked to people from South Carolina, people from Florida, people from um, certainly in Connecticut, from all different walks of life who have had very different experiences than I have. And so it's good. It, 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 it compels you to keep an open mind. It, uh, it requires you to defend what is defensible about your own positions on things. And, um, and I, I think it's healthy. It's health. It's healthy discord. And I, I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed that radio station because I have worked in radio stations with some, with some, uh, great people and with some crazy people. And the people that I've been t talking to at the station, just, just for this, hanging out with them are great people. And that's not to say that's not. I still work with great people at the Lowell Sun. That's ridiculous. I'm so spoiled there because those folks at the Lowell Sun, the Lowell Sun, as an editor, we've got uh, editors who have been there for a long time, so it's automatic. They know how to do everything, and they know the city, they know the job, uh, they've seen everything. And then we've got younger reporters, and uh, and they are super aggressive, and they uh, they're not biased in reporting, and they work hard, and so. So in that, in my main occupation at Lowell Sun, I am spoiled. So not that you asked for any of this, but uh, I offered it anyway. All right, Alice. Uh, executive order uh, February. Oh, wait, executive order January is um, rolling along here. There's a new <laughs> one. Good news. Are for, we up to 40 yet? I think we're up to 40. It's getting close to that. It's getting close to that. Joe Biden has a new one. Where is the noise? Uh, uh, the second uh, order I'm going to be signing also changes what the president has done, president, the, the president, what former president uh, has done, and it, uh, a memorandum reversed the, my predecessor's attack on women's health, <coughs> health access and uh, as we continue to battle COVID-19. Even more Speaking critical. of battling COVID nineteen, right. yes, I, he okay? as he worked his way through his consumption, there he um it, it, the attack on women's health. Now, this is the most honest administration ever. Honesty, truth is back. You know, of course, truth versus fiction. What was that? Truth versus lies. That was what it says on the lawn signs. Truth versus lies. Mm -hmm. Were, is that an accurate forthright statement? Um, the no. attack on women's health. What does that mean specifically, Alice? Specifically, we're referring to something that gets done and undone by executive order with every president that comes in. When we have a Republican, we do it one way. When we have a Democrat, we do it the other way. And it has to do with money that we give to non-government. I don't care about what the executive order. What does women's health mean? It so means if you're killing sick, babies. Okay. That's what that means. Okay. <laughs> It means your money is allowed to kill, go to killing babies in, at charities overseas again. So, congratulations! I know you're very excited about that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> All the little babies in Africa, Alice, we can be spared them. Alice, uh, okay. This is, <laughs> Alice and I hold a different belief system on some things. By the way, not abortion, though. Uh, although I wouldn't have necessarily put it that way, just because I want to be employed, but. It also means what it's, what they're talking about is yes, they're talking about um, and birth control, I assume. Well, yeah, right. But so, and for for administration to put it position it as women's health is a 
pretty vile thing to say. Of course. I mean, that's because, what they do, though. That's what because it all is. Because in, in, in this, in, I don't want to put it like you did, but in this mm-hmm. scenario mm-hmm. that involves generally two people, one is going away and one sticks around. And so it's, uh, I, I, and, and I, I don't even want to have that argument. Uh, I am empathetic towards people uh, f- who are on either side of that issue, but I think it's a little vile to call it women's health because that ain't what's happening. Well, yeah, and it's misleading to women too, I think, a lot right. of whom suffer from like really long-term effects from going through that. But All right, that's a different knowledge. podcast. That's on the 1570 podcast. <laughs> but you need to start, Ellis. Okay. You need to start that. Okay. Okay? Can okay. you start it this weekend? We'll see. Um, the president's 47 executive... The problem with the executive orders in the, the one that, that waxed the Keystone Pipeline, the one that's going to destroy vast um, swaths, that's the only thing I, word that comes after vast, of <laughs> if industries, it, it, you know, in the name of climate change with this idiot from Dorchester and the idiot from Beacon Hill. Um, it, the problem is, is that nobody this is the job of congress to create these laws because congress mm-hmm. gets the feedback of the citizens and the citizens could tell them what is good for them and what is bad for them so right. the citizens of north dakota can go to their congressman and say hey these pipelines those are our jobs we can't have um, uh food on the table we can't have any of the things we need including women's health without any money uh, if you do this because it'll destroy our livelihoods, make sure you vote against it. Because then those Congress people, those representatives of the people, would absolutely vote, you know, as their as their constituents want them to vote. Well, and that's right. how it works. The people talk to Congress people, and they create legislation. The Senate deliberates as a deliberative body. The president then signs off on whatever he gets. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go with the president signs off on what he wants, bypasses the Congress altogether without any, it's top down without any feedback from constituency, mm-hmm. with constituents, any feedback from America at all. Right. And these aren't just like changing the wording that uh, LGBT uh, needs to be included in the Department of the Treasury. That's something that the president can probably do because that's an executive, whatever. You can change the wording all you want. But this is Upending economies and right. industries, and that is not something that the right. president should be doing. And it's, you know, a, a locally specific issue where this is why we have Congress people that come from specific areas, right? Because the North Dakota congressmen are supposed to represent North Dakota and explain, you know, why this is an important issue to them, whereas the president. Especially if you do what the Democrats want and have national popular vote, why then they just say like, well, there's enough people in California and New York who can elect me, so I don't really care what North Dakota thinks. I'm just going to cancel their pipeline, you know? Right. And so you have somebody like Joe Biden. He doesn't know anybody working on pipelines. Right. You know, the people in the John Kerry doesn't know anybody working on pipelines. Joe Biden gets taken to dinner at credit card, uh, you know, by credit card companies in Delaware. That's how he got to where he was. He there's no he's not a conduit to the American people whatsoever. Ooh, Alice is about to open a can of something on a certain two and a half year old. He is naked again, I believe. 
He's been taking his. Uh, oh, let's see what happens. Oh, Sally. So the the president, he doesn't have any idea. So the only people that have access to him are the very rich and powerful in, this, in the interest groups. And that's precisely for that reason alone. Remember the lobbyists in, in the in the Washington D.C. hotel. What hotel was that? You'll tell me. Um, you know that that were waiting around to influence President Grant because. You know, that's how lobbies got its name because, you know, they were just swirling around the lobby waiting for him. You can't have that. You can't have just interest groups, the moneyed and powerful interest groups, the, be the only ones who can influence the president. That's why the president doesn't get to have these executive powers. That's why it goes to the it's it's parsed up into hundreds and hundreds of pieces of power in Congress. Because you can't have one guy. That's a monarch. You can have one guy dictating you know that uh you know laws which is really what that is but it's happening now and that is it's not good it's not good for either side to do it but biden has been on a hyperdrive of this stuff and it is even the new york times called him out today and said slow the freak down on executive orders because among other things first of all none of this has been deliberated by the american people there's no consensus on a lot of these things that will permanently or for generations change Parts of the country, parts of industry and culture. It's permanent, a lot of this stuff. So it must be, it should be deliberated. And if it's not, then the next guy from the other team will say, oh, so before, the guy before him did four, this guy's done 25, hmm, I'll do 50. It's no way to run a country. It was not meant to be. But then again, Congress now has ceded all of their power. They are fundraising machines. They fundraise and work towards re-election. That is pretty much the extent of the whole thing. Um, so Jen Psaki was asked about all of this stuff. Biden had said during the campaign that he would not be uh, a an executive order hound, especially when it came to taxes. But uh, it's sent in, in general that you can't run a country like that. So there's not going to be any delay on the tax increases? No, well, i got to get the votes. I got to get the votes. That's why, you know, uh, the one thing that I, ha I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Right. And so it, that is, and I, I do think actually that you could do the taxes with reconciliation, which is obviously it just means that a smaller majority but um but uh so this is put to the most honest woman on the face of the earth jen saki today by a reporter to the executive orders the, the questions we were discussing at the start um so i'm still trying to sort of reconcile this uh, daily what are we at? i think we're at 26 executive orders now and reconcile that with the the campaign rhetoric because um, in October, Joe Biden said there were limitations on the use of executive actions, things he can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Now, I, I think you said earlier that some of these executive orders were being used to um, roll back some of the immoral things uh, that the previous administration had done. Uh, if you're calling these things immoral, is that seeking consensus and, and unity? And then also, I mean, does it suggest that President Biden sees himself as perhaps a benevolent dictator? 
I don't know where they got that guy, <laughs> but I like him. I Wait, so which organization is he from? I miss. I don't know. I assume some, the, the, one of the sure. UK mags. I, I don't. I have no idea. Are okay. they allowed in? I don't know. Well, Rob, I'm sure this wasn't your intention, but I think you took the president's comments a bit out of context. He was asked about tax reform, and and, and then he went on to have a broader statement about executive orders and dictators. So now the most honest woman in the world is shockingly, again, for the second week in a row, being blatantly dishonest. Whether that could be done via executive order during the interview with George Stephanopoulos, which you're referring to. Well, I think that I think the question is pretty important context for everybody. And he said no. And the president also said during an interview with columnists uh, back in December that he didn't think executive action should be used for everything. And that certainly is his point of view. But there are steps, including overturning some of the harmful, detrimental, and yes, immoral actions of the prior administration that he felt he could not wait to to overturn. Oh, I see. Oh. They weren't executive orders. It was overturning harmful, immoral actions. <laughs> I see. That clause. And that's exactly what he did. Now, any historian will tell you that he walked into the presidency at one of the most difficult moments in history. Watch it when somebody says any historian will tell you. Except no premise. Except no premise. Mm -hmm. Ever. In fact, he walked into an extremely advantageous time to be president. Right. Exactly when vaccine production took control, a huge pandemic was just taking off and really hitting the gas. Right. It, there's no press except for one English guy from Monty Python, <laughs> uh, as far as we know, and Peter Ducey covering you. That required additional executive action in order to take get immediate relief to the American people. But he believes, as his, as his law, as everybody knows how a bill becomes a law, uh, is that in order to make action and policy permanent, you need to work with Congress. That's why he has also proposed a COVID relief package. But mostly he's done these 30 executive orders not working with Congress. Right. He'll let them in on some things. On the big things where he wouldn't can't get the votes, where everybody's going to have to be able to wet their beaks a little bit and do a right. little horse trading. Big bold package. Some some say very big. Um, I agree with that. Um, and also some say very big. How Trumpian. So an immigration bill. He is not he is not held back or delayed putting forward legislation either. An immigration bill. That said, he attempted to stop deportations via executive order. Uh, which was going forward before it was shot out of the sky by, by the courts. Exactly. So uh, he's going to use the levers that every president in history has used, executive actions. But I thought he was different, though. I thought he was better. He also feels it's important to work with Congress and not just one party, but both parties to get things done. Go ahead in the back. Uh, and, I mean, he's using the levers that all presidents have used, but he's using them a little bit more than uh, historically we've seen. And since some of these levers control huge swaths of the economy, mm -hmm. I would think that during a circumstances that none of those other presidents were in, a pandemic, that maybe there should be some extra consideration considering we've tanked our economy. Right. All right, Alice... This is your big turn. <laughs> it is. Yes. Who is Leon Cooperman? He's a Wall Street guy. He's a billionaire. You sound like a cop, like we're at a bar <laughs> with a shot of whiskey. He comes around sometimes. <laughs> Squirrely. Um, he's, okay. a, he's a hedge fund manager. 
That's what he is. Um, I am American billionaire investor and hedge fund manager. Correct. Chairman and CEO of Omega Advisors, a New York-based investment advisory firm. Perhaps I'll uh, have him handle my securities. (laughs) Go right ahead. (laughs) Leon Cooperman. Alice, why are we talking about Leon Cooperman today? Because he came on CNBC to talk about the still ongoing GameStop saga that is still happening on Wall Street. So if you recall, yesterday we talked about this. Um, Wall Street has been in a tizzy because... um, Maybe sort of led by some retail investors on Reddit, the stock price of a stock that a bunch of people had bet would go down went up and they lost their shirts and had to be bailed out by their other billionaire friends. And now the other billionaire friends have put some pressure where it counts and they shut down all the the retail investor trading apps today, including the big one, Robin Hood, which they essentially stopped all trading on um on these stocks that that were being short sold and that that people had driven up the the prices of them again so GameStop, AMC theaters, Nokia phones, Blockbuster video, BlackBerry was in there. There's a bunch that that were causing them some problems. They put a stop to that. They blocked trades on them. And not only did they block trades on them, other than just totally selling your position, cashing out. Um, but they also started to cash people out. Seems freaking shady. <laughs> the fix was in. All sorts of parties went in. This is going to be a cultural problem. This is going to be a problem. The right. Wall Street establishment saw that their fiefdom was invaded by these other people. Who decided to, you know, tip the markets and 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 you know have sharp elbows and knock over some of the? How about this? They disrupted, and mm-hmm. um, and some of these guys who are used to being at the trough, you know, they've gamed the system long enough, lost a lot of money, right? Because of these dudes on Reddit who decided to save yeah, the company, and maybe some other. Some other big Wall Street investors also had beef with the investors who had short sold the, you know, personal intra-territorial beef that they got in on it, too, because... These are interlopers, as far as Wall Street was concerned, and they had enough, and they used their power and influence Mm -hmm. to shut it down. Yeah, so they shut down these could be you and me and other people who don't usually do this, who all got together and decided we're Mm going to all buy stock from a company. You know, so, yeah, you and I, we're not stock traders so if we wanted to trade stock we would have to go on like a big company's app and buy and trade stocks right that's like our only option because we're not like professional investors because that's regulated and so you know we go on ramen hood and we buy and trade some stocks or we bull or these other ones and you know we decide to buy some gamestop shares or whatever because we've heard and it's a big deal and we're excited about it or whatever i mean if you recall i said we should stay away from it because something like this was bound to happen the sec Mm -hmm. and everybody was going to come after these people um but yeah and they just stopped selling on it sorry can't buy any more stock on that you can cash out your position and if you're not going to we'll just do it for you and some of that i mean some of that may have been money that had been like loaned to the people which is called trading on margin which I guess so the 
they did a margin call and cashed out positions that were made on margin. So like the actual company had liability. But at the end of the day, the, the establishment at people the didn't the like day, the newbies coming in and screwing around. At the end of the day, they tanked this. They made the stock go down so that they could put out a margin call. They, I mean, that's what it is. It's, this is our game, go away. You know, and whether you're doing it for the benevolent reason that some people are like, oh, well, these people could get hurt if they keep investing in this stock that really isn't worth what they think it's worth. I mean, at the end of the day, the ultimate message is when you trade on the stock market, you're playing with play money that we're letting you play with, right? Like, and if we decide to stop the game because we don't like the way it's going, then your play money thing is over. You're right. done. And one of the people mad about we this is- We do it is, with real money. You do it with pretend in pretend land. One of the people mad about this is Leon Cooperman, who's a hedge fund guy and billionaire on Wall Street, and he's had enough of this. The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home getting the checks from the government, okay? And this fair share is a bullshit concept. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people, and, you know, I think it's inappropriate. we all got to work together and pull together. Ooh, sounds elitist to me, <laughs> and he has made me and AOC and Ted Cruz, uh, brothers in arms. I'm not a, a, a Occupy Wall Street guy, but I like what happened. I like how they were disrupted, and I don't like how they closed off and suffocated mm -hmm. the movement and i think that's bs and i hope this ain't over charles Payne from fox business uh put it perfectly first of all all of this nonsense all of this noise all of this wanting by wall street it's making me sick 140 percent of gamestop was short i didn't hear one person on tv complaining about wall street trying to crush gamestop 140 percent short i told my subscribers buy this stock and they made a fortune i also told them to buy virgin space uh, virgin we took profits on that today Fizz, that's up huge. Tangers is up huge. Neil, you can't allow Wall Street to short 75% of a stock, and nobody says anything, crush these companies into the dirt, and then when the individual investor makes money, everyone's up in arms. Oh, they're going to lose their shirt? Don't you think people are trading? If they traded 80 billion shares today, people are ringing the register. I have a kid who bought a house. He, had a, he made $50,000 and bought a house. So, yes, yeah, some people are going to lose and some are going to win, but if, you wanna, if they want to change the rules of the game now, because the general public is making money after decades of the shorts crushing thousands of stocks into the dirt. I have watched stocks being crushed completely to zero uh, and no one ever whispered anything because those stocks didn't have Wall Street sponsorship. They were small names. Maybe they went public through a reverse takeover. Whatever it was, the shorts have had their way with the market for decades. No one's ever complained about it. So I am thrilled if you were going to try to destroy a company by shorting 140% of its stock, you have to accept the fact that individual investors are playing the same game that you're playing and now you're losing. Here, here, Charles Payne. Damn right, I am ready to grab my own pitchfork, my own mm -hmm. antlers, beaver pelt, and storm wherever we're supposed to storm for all this stuff. Right, and Dave Portnoy is right there with you, too. He's of Barstool Sports. Uh, a couple of the people who made money donated to Bar the Barstool Fund, which has been bailing out small business owners who have been screwed across the country by the shutdowns. And, um, you know... It He's been up in arms today saying what Charles Payne is saying and what you're saying and what I'm saying is that, yeah, there was a big user agreement of terms and conditions that people checked the box. I've read this when they bought when they went into the app and started trading stocks. But 
they weren't thinking when they started trading stocks that even though it was, I'm sure, in the fine print that, you know, that they would start to trade stocks and then Robinhood would, you know, stop anyone from selling it, which drives the stock position down and then sell their shares at a loss, possibly. You know, that's that's scummy. And people who do that, and it, it might be that other people, like the people that control the financing for Robinhood, had a hand in this too, because it was happening on all the apps. And these companies are backed by other companies that in some cases, you know, have ties to the other hedge funds that are losing money. And they're supposed to be backing the money that Robinhood is putting into these trades, right? And it's it's all an interconnected ecosystem and it wants to survive. It doesn't want to get screwed over by individual people daring to make a, f- a few tens of thousands of dollars, you know? So, so you know, the, everyone, I think, regardless of politics, who doesn't like the big guy screwing the little guy is on the same side of this. Dave Pornoy is saying the same thing. Like, they changed the rules midstream. They said, you can buy and trade stocks just like we do. Oh, except, no, now you're doing a little too well. No, that's done. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. (laughs) That's over now. And they they changed the rules. They said, no, now we're going to sell your stocks. Your your part in this little game is over. And it just feels like a casino where somebody keeps beating the house and they're not counting cards or anything. And Mm -hmm. the casino says, screw it, get out of here. No, you got to toss him. Um, But in a casino, people know they're getting screwed, I think. Well, no, but in a casino... Yeah, but if you're beating the house. Right. That's what I'm so, saying. But in like the casino, you know, it's fine if the house beats you all the time. Right. But so Ben Shapiro had a big thread today about how like the people doing the GameStop thing are treating Wall Street like a casino and it's really not a casino. It's supposed to be about investing in companies that you yeah, think right. have value. Okay, so Jen Saki, like, I mean Jennifer, Janet Yellen has is is connected to this how? So she's um made about $800,000 in speaking fees in the last couple years from the company that bailed out um, the company that lost a bunch of money from this. Okay, cool. Let's listen to what uh, uh, Saki says when she gets a question about this. And, and I had a follow-up on the on the markets and everything that's mm-hmm. happening with GameStop. Uh, you did mention, I believe, yesterday um, that the Treasury Secretary is monitoring the situation and she's kind of uh, on top of it. There have been um, some kind of concerns about her uh, previous engagements with Citadel and speaking fees that she has received from Citadel. Are there any plans to have her recuse herself from advising the president on uh, GameStop and the whole Robin Hood situation? Well, just to be clear, what I said was that we have the Treasury Secretary is now confirmed. Obviously, we have a broad economic team. Uh, The SEC put out a statement uh, yesterday that I referred to, but... I don't think I have anything more for you on it, other than to say, separate from the GameStop issue, the Secretary of Treasury is one of the world-renowned experts on markets, on the economy. Uh, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone she was uh, paid to uh, give her perspective and advice before she came into office. <laughs> of course. And I saw people on Twitter defending this too. Janet Yellen could make tens of millions of dollars. And you're complaining that she made 800000 from speeches. Don't be ridiculous, peasants. That's totally deserved by her. She worked really hard for her $800,000 in speaking fees. <laughs> I mean, do these people not realize how they sound? And I just worry that like, 
you know, you can tell me it's the rules and it's in the user agreement or these people were, mm-hmm. you know, investing on margin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can tell me all the reasons why, you know, we actually followed the rules and it's okay that Janet Yellen made all these speech speaking fees from this company that we're saying screwed us over, the little guy. Uh, but, you know, if they continue to act like this and sound like this about it, and say, like, oh, this is just people with their government checks sitting on the sofa and gambling and thinking they can be with us. This fair share thing is BS. Well, I'm a little like, disturbed at, at your take, and I, I, I don't think that you're all that familiar with uh, Janet Yellen, and maybe you could use, you know, the 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 crystallization of who she is from a person, a friend of mine who I grew up with and went to academy with named Laserbeak. Rich represent Brooklyn's in the cabinet. Damn, Janet, go and get it. Get them up for president. She knows the kind of stimulus it takes to pass I heard block. she called the house in Christ. She's qualified. It only took a couple centuries. The first female secretary of the treasury. Don't want no tax evasion. Fortune's taken in the treasury. Trying for higher wages for the nation. Let's Step, there's busted glass. Janet broke another ceiling. You can bet your brass that the Lego guy is leaving. Let's check to cash. Excuse me, Janet has a briefing and a flight to catch. And Janet, Janet. she's the first that's led the Council of Economic Advisors. Treasure the Fed. She needs a three-sided coin that always comes up heads to put the triple crown down when she goes to bed. Excuse Call me, Janet has a speaking engagement with a hedge fund she has to get to. We got to meet her. Ah, that's good. You know, you realize that she was the first female Secretary of the Treasury? Well, I mean, I think that's great. Uh, our previous Secretary of the Treasury, by the way, his wife, who is, I believe, a female, uh, has a movie coming out, which I'm very excited about. You don't have to play it. But I, I, just, play it. I, I love her, obviously. <laughs> and the Steve movie. Nation's I think wife. you're going to love the movie, too. I think it looks Ooh. like from the from the trailer that I'll came check out, it out today. Go check it out. Her name is what, Louise something? Yes, Louise Vinton, I think, or something no, like that. No, Linton. Linton, okay. I, I, I need to know, uh, can you tell the people how to reach us? Burnbarrelpodcast.gmail.com uh, on Twitter, at burnbarrelpod, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. Should I give you your cell phone number? Yes. <laughs> no. Oh, what a week, Alice. What a week. What do we do for our special broad broadcast podcast this weekend? We gotta think on it. Think on it, man. Two more hogs got the fever. But I um oh, I had stuff. I wanted to Go say. Ahead. I have stuff. Go ahead. I am I'm, I'm done though. I'm, I know it, that you're done. I'm just out of I, petrol. I'm out of petrol. I know you're out of petrol. Go ahead. Have stuff to say. Go ahead. Um because we didn't cover this yesterday, and I think this is important that with all the stuff going on with Wall Street screwing over the little guy that we have missed. That um, that uh, Douglas Mackey of Florida, who used to run a Twitter account called Ricky Vaughn, has been arrested by the FBI, charged with the crime, honey, of posting memes in 2016 that told people to vote on the wrong or in the wrong way <clears throat> by texting a number. Charged with a federal crime. The uh-huh. fu- the feds, the FBI got Election this guy. Election interference. Right. It got this guy. You know, it's funny. In the last four years, they figured to go after that. <laughs> if you look on Twitter, you f- you'll find people tweeting 100,000 uh, liberals saying to, to vote for telling Trump voters to vote on a different day as well. So it's all over there. This is absolutely bull bleep. And... Uh, if you if that is election interference, what would be commissioning the Russians to create fake intel to use as oppo research on your opponent be? 
Is that interfering with the election at all? At all? Um, I don't know what we'd call that. What about if you um, shut down the Twitter account of a major newspaper who reports on wrongdoing by one of the candidates? Would that be considered election interference? I would think it would be. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the new standard is, but apparently posting memes is um, is a federal crime. So, every- you know what? Who I should ask about the Russian thing else? Oh. I, have you met a, a guy I went to college with, uh, Friedrich Plekin? You familiar with Friedrich? Uh-huh. What do they say happened on this call? <laughs> 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 Okay, what else do you have before uh, I hit the... All, I just wanted to make sure I got to that before we left because I think that that's an important story that's getting overshadowed by the madness that is the Wall Street Bets uh, GameStop story, which I also feel is really important and is going to end uh, possibly an armed revolution if um, if our overlords continue to tell us that we're being ungrateful peasants and not to use our stimulus checks on... Uh, on on investments. She's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. But uh, that being said, uh, like I said a few minutes ago, at the behest of Tom, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. Uh, You can also check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Shoot us an email, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com, and you can check out our YouTube channel. You can comment on the video versions of these podcasts. You can like the videos. You can even thumbs down, dislike the videos too, I guess, and you can subscribe to the channel. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.